ESPN Radio. Can the Nets actually just flip a switch and all of a sudden they are legitimate contenders in the postseason? Chris Garland, Chris Canty, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and of course, on ESPN Plus, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's your Canty call in line. We will get to some of your calls wanting to know if the Nets are actually capable of just flipping that switch. And I think the part of this, Chris, that is most troubling to me right now is that you have a complete and utter giant question mark when it comes to Ben Simmons. You have a complete and utter giant question mark when it comes to Kyrie Irving. And you have Kevin Durant coming back tonight, which is obviously a massively positive development for the Nets. But when you hear from Durant and where he kind of sees himself in all of this as we do now, this is somebody that does not feel like, or at least he is speaking as if he does not want to put any of the pressure on himself, or as he says, not trying to be a savior for this team. I'm not trying to go out there and win the game by myself tonight or make it all about me. I just try to go out there and, and help and be a good teammate. Our cutting it close is only under 20 games left in the season, but that's the situation we're in. That's the circumstances we're in. You know what the standings are. You know Everybody's telling us every day how far we're dropping and where we may end up and constantly telling us the situation we're in. But we understand that, and we know that each day is important. So we work, we focus on tonight and just keep plugging away. Do you understand it? I mean, you're not Patty Mills. It's not show up and be a good teammate and hit a couple of shots, Kev. It's go out there and be Kevin Durant. Yeah, it has to revolve around him, right? If it's not him, then who's it going to be? Kyrie Irving's a part-time player. He can only play in the road games. And let me qualify that, some of the road games, because he still can't play in Toronto. And who yeah, knows? What happens if they have a series in Toronto and they haven't taken out the mandate in New York yet? Exactly. You're talking about him being being irrelevant because he's not going to be available to play. So I think there are some huge concerns. And you said Kyrie Irving has a question mark and Ben Simmons has a question mark. I think Kevin Durant has a question mark, too. He's missed 21 games. He hasn't shown the ability to stay healthy really since you know the time that he had in Golden State prior to the Achilles. So there are some serious questions as to whether or not Kevin Durant can hold up for the stretch run of the regular season, but also on into the postseason. So I, I don't trust this Brooklyn Nets team. I recognize that they are immensely talented, and if they have all their guys on the court, that they are going to be a team to contend with. But that's an awful big if. And I feel like we've been having that conversation for the past two years when it comes to Brooklyn. Last year with the big three, James Harden, KD, Kyrie, they only played in seven regular season games together, and everybody was saying, well, you know, they'll be healthy in the postseason and none of that's going to matter. Well, guess what? It ended up mattering when they ran into that buzzsaw that was the Milwaukee Bucks. It mattered. Now, I get it. Kyrie Irving turned his ankle on Giannis's foot. James Harden had the hamstring. Kevin Durant's big toe on the three-point line might have changed the outcome of the series. But the fact of the matter is they didn't get it done. And this team thought it would be a light switch that they could flip once we got to the playoffs, and they weren't capable of doing it. Why should I believe that they're going to be capable of doing it this time around with these unknowns? I mean, Kyrie Irving, we don't know when this vaccine mandate is going to allow him to be a player uh, full-time and him being able to be in games that are in Barclays Arena. And then we don't know 
when or if we're going to see Ben Simmons. So why should I assign any level of success to this Brooklyn Nets team? To your point about um, Durant being a part of that question mark, I mean, the 16 games that the big three played together, like he's a big part of that. He was a big part of missing time and and being out. It wasn't just about Kyrie. It wasn't just about Harden. And we want to go and make excuses about what happened last year, and we can flip the switch. Here's what I know. I saw Harden out there with a bad hamstring waving off defensive help so he could try to take on Giannis himself. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, I remember. Uh, Yeah, and and that's with the bad hamstring. So all of that aside, I, I look at them, and I don't see why I'm supposed to believe in them either. And I don't think we're the only ones. Listen to Jay Williams from this morning, from Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max, about why he is concerned by the Nets. I expect KD to come back and be KD, but I'm worried about this team. But see, I'm worried about them now that this whole private sector mandate is in place. Because when I start looking at the way other teams in Easter Conference are built, I start wondering, like, is Kyrie, would it be enough? And I don't, I don't know what's going on with Ben Simmons. I don't, see... I think Kyrie, James Harden, and KD, if KD and James Harden would have been playing with Kyrie playing in row games, I think that's They'd be fine. Yeah, they'd be fine. But now adding Ben Simmons to the equation with Kevin Durant, not knowing what Ben Simmons' status is or who he is going to be on the court or how many games he needs to get his feel together on the court before you get into the playoffs and the last stretch, I don't know if that's enough anymore, guys. Let me just say it. Nets aren't making the playoffs. They're not making the playoffs? I, I'm not talking about the play-in. They're not making right. the playoffs. Right. They'll be in the play-in. They're not making the playoffs. So they're going to get bounced in the play-in. That's what I said. So you're saying they're going to lose to Toronto, and then they're going to lose to whether it's Charlotte, Where, Atlanta, whoever comes out of that 9-10 game. Wherever they end up, Nets are, Nets are not going to the playoffs. If they don't go to the playoffs, what does that say about KD and Kyrie? Not not anything good. And, and for KD... You left Golden State, man. I mean, you left easy championships. Even without, even considering they didn't have Clay, you know, with all his injuries, you're going to tell me that KD and Steph couldn't win championships together? Of course they could. Yeah, if you take Andrew Wiggins off that team, because that's the guy yeah. that they ended up trading D'Angelo Russell for. If you take Andrew Wiggins off and you put Kevin Durant on with what they have right now and the depth that they have on that team, you mean to tell me they're not the favorite in the Western Cup? Hell, Carlin, I don't, I'm not sure that the Golden State Warriors aren't the favorite in the Western Conference right now. Oh, completely fair. Completely yeah, fair. I, I don't believe in the Phoenix Suns. See, I do. I, I don't. I don't. Especially with Chris Paul and his latest injury. I can't assign a level of health to Chris Paul. And if they don't have Chris Paul in the playoffs for whatever reason, you think that they're going to beat the Golden State Warriors in a seven-game series? I, I think we need it's to not give them, happen. I think we need to give them a little more credit. I think that I think the Suns. <sighs> I, I think this actually. Listen, I'm not going to go off at a tangent here, but I actually think Chris Paul being out right now is not the worst thing in the world for the Suns because they need to learn to be able to win without him, and they still have Bridges, and they still have Aiton, and they. St- I mean, for the long haul, yeah. they still have Aiton, and. and they obviously still have uh, Devin Booker. Yeah. It, it, but that aside, the other guy it doesn't say very much for with the Nets is Steve Nash. Like, who, we know that the players are running this, okay? We yeah. understand that. But there are some things coaches can do to try to make this work. And I haven't seen anything that has made me stand up and say, you know what, Steve Nash is, uh, that guy deserves credit. Steve Nash has just kind of been there. 
He's, he's a guy. He's just kind of there. He's a, he's a jag, just another guy that's wearing a Nets uniform or Nets a Nets uh, gear on the sidelines. It doesn't necessarily feel like he's somebody that can steal your win or two if you don't have the big three that are out there. If, if it's just Kevin Durant, then 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 ultimately this is going to be on him. But what Steve Steve Nash is here because of Kevin Durant. It's because of the relationships that he has with KD, the relationship that he has with Kyrie. And I'm sitting here looking at how this season has unfolded, and I'm asking myself, what has that relationship capital meant in terms of the Nets being able to have the success that they had hoped for this season? Absolutely nothing. nothing. Have you been able to get Kyrie on board with trying to get vaccinated? No, that didn't happen. Have you been able to get James Harden to buy in and stay here and hope for better days when KD and Kyrie would get back and be full-time players? That didn't happen. It's a disaster right now, and Steve Nash really doesn't have any answers as to how to fix it. And all you need to know is that when Kevin Durant is with the Brooklyn Nets, this team is 24-12 and 12 this season. Mm-hmm. When he's out of the lineup, this team is 8-19. and 19. That's an indictment on your head coach. Uh, it also is a, a feather in the cap for Kevin Durant and telling you how good he is. But the head coach doesn't have any answers when Kevin Durant is not out there on the court, and that's the problem. I respect what Kyrie's doing from a standing up for what he believes in standpoint. But the problem here is that there's something that's a lot more important to him than basketball. And when that's the case, and I don't have everybody pulling in the But it's thing. always something, though, I know. Carlin. It's I know. not, just, it's not just COVID-19 and the vaccine mandates. Last year he went AWOL for two weeks and nobody knew where he was. And here's the point. Not everybody's pulling the same direction. And Kyrie's always the other guy that's pulling the other direction. But as the best player on the team, Kevin Durant, ain't that your responsibility? I would agree. Ain't that on you? But Kevin Durant has been following around Kyrie. He's the one that bought into what Kyrie was selling when they went to Brooklyn in the first place. Well, if that ain't the tail wagging the dog, I don't know what is. I I mean, I don't know how you compete at a championship level if that's the dynamic that's on this team right now. Uh, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Tune in Saturday. It's college basketball action. Kansas hosting Texas. Coverage begins 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The question for you at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, are the Nets actually capable of flipping the switch? Do you believe the Nets are capable of flipping the switch and making a run? Up next, your calls at 888-SAY-ESPN, and if Tom Brady actually and I'm putting my head in my hand as I say this. If Tom Brady actually returns next season, can you see him suiting up for someone other than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I sure can. That's next. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app and ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's get to Dan in California on the Canty call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. Dan, what do you got, man? What's going on? Hey, thanks. Yeah, Kyrie is great, but, you know, he's he's a head case. If he wasn't a flat earther and an anti-vaxxer, I'd be wearing his shoes right now. But, you know, he's nuts. And then... KD, as wonderful as he is, he's mercurial. And Ben Simmons is, you know, he's not like this huge bust, but he's a little bit of a bust. And the real problem is, is that they all care what we think way, way too much. These guys should all be laughing to the bank 
but they spend all their time caring about what other people are saying about them. See, if you, want to, if you want to knock KD on that, it, it, that's fine, but KD still responds and delivers. You know, you can't get on KD too much. Okay, he has burners. All right, occasionally he claps back. Whatever, who cares? He still delivers. Yeah, when he's on the basketball court, he's absolutely a yep. top five player in the game. No question about it. And I would venture to say the same thing about Kyrie Irving. He's a top 10 to 12 player when he's on the court. The only problem is the reason that Kyrie isn't on the court, we never know. It's not because of injury all the time. It be- could be because of a passion of his. It could be because of a belief of his. And that inconsistency is not something that you can depend on when you're trying to win a championship. Tom Brady is hinting at it again. He- he's... He's not ruling things out. What the future holds, I don't know. I've spent time with my family for the last five weeks. Five weeks, exactly. Five weeks, exactly. The last five weeks, two days, and seven hours. (laughs) What the future holds, who can tell? But listen, willy or won't he is one thing. But the bigger question to me is, where will he if he does? Because I don't think it's going to be Tampa Bay, Chris. Like, if Mm. he actually came back and decided to make another run at this, I absolutely believe he would do everything he could to try to position himself with the 49ers. Okay. I I think there's one or two other opportunities, but the 49ers, to me, are just so perfect in so many ways. It's where he grew up in Northern California. He grew up a Niners fan. He was there when Dwight Clark made the catch. He would have a ton of weapons on offense. He would have so much in terms of defensive help to get. If Brady is trying to come back and search for the perfect ending, which, I mean, at this point, if he doesn't have it, if you're still looking for it, maybe that is worth the therapist appointment enough than what it is. But at the same time, it, it can't be topped than to do that in that situation. And I actually almost believe... Like, Giselle might have trouble saying no to that. Being back in the Bay Area? Oh, yeah. Giselle might be, have trouble saying to him, like, t- saying no if he says, I, baby, I grew up here. You well, know, he, like, he, this he, is it. Here's what I'll say. I think it's bucks or bust. My because, parents are here. Because we're talking about Tom Brady not making this decision right now. We're talking about Tom Brady making this decision later on this summer or right before training camp even starts. And the familiarity that he has with that program down in Tampa would be a seamless transition out of retirement back onto the gridiron. So if you're talking about going to San Francisco, that's learning a new system. That's learning new teammates. That's learning how Kyle sequences his plays when he's play calling, like all of those different things. It's There's a lot of new learning when it comes to adjusting to new personnel. Not to say that they wouldn't fit things around Tom Brady, because they absolutely would. But from an X's and O's standpoint, Tom would have to figure some things out. Now, with the 49ers, I mean, they've got a run game that Tom Brady can lean on because he is going to be a 45-year-old player. So being able to have that to be able to, you know, kind of balance things out is always a benefit because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were throwing the ball 70% of the time. I don't think Tom Brady really wanted to do that this past season, but that was their formula based on what they had. That won't be the case in San Francisco. And then you got Debo Samuel and George Kittle yeah, and Brandon Ayuk and an offensive line that's built like a brick wall, not to mention a top five defense. So all of the pieces are in place to compete at a championship level. But again, there's the new learning on Brady's side. On the 49ers side, you just traded three first-round draft picks for Trey Lance. You're, you, you would be pulling the plug on your franchise's 
future well, in order in order to get Tom Brady for what? A season at best? You would be mortgaging those three first-round draft picks for a quarterback that gives you one shot at winning a championship versus a quarterback that you thought could develop into a guy that gives you a window of a decade plus. But let me ask you this. Is a championship worth three first-round picks? Yes, absolutely. It's a championship. I'm not but thinking twice then. But you only got one shot at it, though, Carlin. That's my whole point. I know. You only I get got it, one but shot. But it's a pretty damn good one, shot. This is a one-shot deal. It is a pretty and, and good shot. And I'm not shot. talking about that stimulus package I mean, Joe Biden is passing out. This is a one-shot deal. But you and I, you and I both were arguing earlier about how the NFC is not that strong and the path Maybe not be that difficult. Maybe the Rams have a little but hangover. You, but you're choosing the toughest division, the NFC West. You're talking about having to go through the uh, defending Kyler Murray chance. and the Cardinals are ticked you're, you're, off at each other. You're having to go through the Arizona Cardinals. It's the toughest division in the NFC. I don't even know NFC. if Russell Wilson's going to be in Seattle. Yeah, I don't think Seattle's a, a very yeah, tough bar I mean, to clear anyway. But that's neither here nor there. I'm just saying, when you start talking about your path to a championship, to me it feels like it's bucks or bust. That's just where I'm coming from with this. Now... We had Jerry, one of our producers, float out the idea that Josh McDaniels being in Las Vegas could potentially put the Raiders in play. Tom Brady being able to link up with his former play caller, that head coach, given where that team is at, the weapons that they have. I don't know. It's a tougher sell for me. But I guess if you're the Raiders, you could trade Derek Carr for Tom Brady straight up and see where that gets you. I would do that. Because look at it from this standpoint. You're the Raiders. You got a chance at that point. I mean, again, immediately, you got a chance. Yeah, especially with what they did this year, which I was just phenomenal. What they did this year, considering their circumstances, you have a chance. And if you're Tampa, that gives you a chance to compete this year. He's out of the conference, and I can answer if I want to b- bring Carr back long term because he's only got one year left on his deal. Oh, you're signing. You're 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 extending Derek yeah. Carr. Yeah, Derek you're keeping Carr, him around. Derek Carr's a good. He's thirty two. Really he's thirty two years old. You're, and you're, you're extending Derek Carr. And he's really good. Yeah. Uh, probably underrated in a lot of ways. So you have your answer then. And if you're the Raiders, I mean, how many people are going to become Raider fans if Tom Brady plays for the Raiders in one year? <laughs> I mean, if nothing else, they're going to make a ton more money, and they're already printing it to begin with. So it, it is a fascinating scenario to try to figure out whether or not he could actually play somewhere else. And I'm sorry, I know what Bruce said. If I'm the Buccaneers yeah. and Tom says, listen, I want to come back, but I want to give this a shot instead. I'm trying to make it work. For I him. will say this about Tom Brady coming back, big fella, and I'm going to leave it here. When you're talking about somebody that was at an MVP level this season, I mean, save Aaron Rodgers, you're talking about the best quarterback in the National Football League based on production. That's hard to walk away from. And that regret, the fact that you're leaving the game, knowing that you can compete at the highest level of the sport, that's something that's going to weigh on Tom Brady. And Tom Coughlin used to say this in front of the team all the time. In the business that we're in, there's two types of pain. There's the pain of discipline. There's the pain of regret. The only difference is the pain of discipline weighs ounces. The pain of regret weighs tons. Knowing that you can still play at that level and leaving the game and wondering what could have been and your team getting bounced in the playoffs by the eventual Super Bowl champions, I don't know that Tom Brady can let that sit well with him for the rest of his life. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, ESPN Radio coming up.
the 76ers are going to be the top seed in the Eastern Conference. You going to respect that? Are you going to check that? We'll find out in just moments on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. It's that time. It is Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and, of course, on your smart speaker by saying play ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm new to this. I'm excited for it. I want to make it happen. I can't get enough. Let's make it happen. It is respect it or check it. Ah. What? It's respect it or check it. I know it's spelled R-E-S-P-E-C-T. I saw it on the screen. Typically, but it's R-E-S-P-E-C-K. Respect it or check it. Shout out to my boy Steven Jackson because he's the one came up with it. Respect it or check it. Shannon gives you a hot take, and you decide whether you can go along with it or whether you got to pump the brakes. Did I, ju- I feel like I just ruined the whole thing. Yeah, you didn't ruin it, but I just had to set you straight on it. You know, you're going to be around here for a while, so I just want to make sure that, you know, moving forward, yeah. you understand what we're trying to do. All right, settle down. All right. <laughs> I'm just trying to help you out, big fella. You know, one 300-pounder to another. I'm trying to look out for you. Shannon, if you would, my man. All right, here we go. I will start with Carlin on this one. All right, here Mm. we go. Aaron Rodgers will give the Packers an answer about his future by the start of free agency. Are you going to respect it or are you going to check it? Yeah, I'm going to check it. And, uh, you know, if free agency began, uh, I don't know, August 31st, he wouldn't give an answer by then. <laughs> he is going to drag this out. He loves the attention. Uh, March 16th, listen, I'm just skeptical of everything that Aaron Rodgers does right now. He should. I would hope so. I don't believe so. No. Check it. Ah, uh, I am going to respect it. Aaron Rodgers has to give the Packers an answer because he's got a $46 million cap number and they've got to get under the salary cap before the start of the new league year, which is March 16th, also the start of NFL free agency. So there's no way the Packers can do business without restructuring that contract or trading that contract. And so one way or another, Aaron Rodgers is going to give him an answer. And that answer might be no answer, forcing Brian Gutekunst to do the thing that you've been saying he should do all along, Carlin, which is... Go ahead and put a date on it and trade him if he doesn't give you an answer. Yeah, look, you know, he'll find a way to not give him an answer and really screw him over. Well, 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 well here's, here's the thing, Carl. I know he has in, to. In, in life, sometimes yeah. no answer is an answer, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like when we don't have an answer on Daniel Jones, we have the answer oh, yeah. on Daniel or, Jones. Or you want a new contract and they don't give you an answer? Yeah. <laughs> That's the answer. You don't hear from when that option's coming up? You got your answer. There you go. <laughs> Shannon, what we got? All right, speaking of quarterbacks, Canty, Kyler Murray won't get a new contract and will hold out of training camp. You're going to respect it or you're going to check it? I'm going to respect it, and here's why. There is nothing but the utmost disrespect coming out of Arizona from the Bidwell family. Not only am I not going to entertain your overtures for a contract extension, but I'm going to give the GM and the head coach that represented the brain trust to draft you number one in 2019 – I'm going to give them extensions that run through 2027. How do you feel about that, Kyler? How does that make you feel? You want your money. I'm not going to give it to you, but I'm going to give it to these two guys that are running my organization. And the message is, you don't run a damn thing around here. And Kyler Murray, your only response after that statement that your agent released is to hold out. Now, we know with the new CBA, you can't hold out, so it'll be more like a hold in. 
But, yeah, I don't anticipate if Kyler Murray doesn't get a contract extension, I don't anticipate that he's going to be taking snaps in training Are camp. Are we calling a hold-in, show up at training camp? Ooh, my hamstring. It's y- broken. Y- it's, a, it's exactly <laughs> what it is. I don't feel comfortable doing these drills right now because I don't have the financial security I want. Then I'm going to respect it. Hey, I got you on my side. And I'm going to respect it because I don't think that he necessarily would want to hold out. But you're right. This is a massive amount of disrespect. They're going to have to fix this quickly. They're going to have to fix this quickly. But I don't think they will. Mm. I don't think they will. This is going to be ugly. It's going to be great for us because we can talk about it all. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, ESPN Radio in the middle of respect it or check it. Let's go. All right, all right, Carlin, here we go. We will have Major League Baseball games by May 1st. Are you going to check it or are you going to respect it? I've said May 1st all along, so I'm going to respect it. And I appreciate I, your take integrity, by the way. Yeah, I try. <laughs> I try. That, that could change quite a bit. I've said it all along, so I'm going to stick by it. I, the one thing I'd say is um, I do think we are – underestimating the players a little bit in this because they were underestimating the player anger right now with what just transpired. So it could go a little bit longer, but I'm still going to respect it. I'm going to check it. I don't think we're going to have games by May 1st. I think we're going to be talking about missing a substantial portion of the season. Here's the Mm. thing. I mean, the first two series are out the way that takes us to what the second week in April, third week in April. I, I, I just don't know if the two sides are going to work something out in the coming weeks that are going to allow us to have baseball at the start of May. I just don't see it. So I got to check that take, man. I don't think we'll have baseball by May 1st. This is an ugly adversarial relationship between the baseball owners and the Players Association. All right, here's the last one. Gentlemen, Canty, I'll start with you. The Philadelphia 76ers will be the top seed when it's all selling done in the Eastern Conference at the end of the regular season. Are you going to respect it? Or are you going to check it? Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to respect this one. What are they? Two two games out. Yep. I mean, so yeah, I'm going to respect this. I mean, seeing what I've seen from Joel Embiid and James Harden thus far, you're getting a different version of James Harden than we saw in Brooklyn or at the end of his tenure with the Houston Rockets. This is a guy that's motivated to make this situation work because he understands if he doesn't, his legacy is going to take a hit. He's got Daryl Morey as general manager who he trusts. He's got an MVP front runner in Joel Embiid. He's got a young emerging guy in Tyrese Maxey to be that Robin to his Batman in the backcourt. There's no excuse why James Harden can't make it work. So I'm going to respect this one. I think this is a deadly combo in the Eastern Conference. And quite frankly, I just don't trust the two teams in front of him. One out in the loss column and two out overall. Yeah, I have no reason not to respect it because if – I'm going to say that the Heat and the Bulls are actually going to hang on when they have put together this group in Philadelphia and they're playing the way that we've seen so far. Why would I possibly think that they wouldn't catch them over the course of 20 games? They are a better team than both of the, those other teams now. That's that, it's simple. Yeah, it's it's dreams for Philadelphia Sixers fans and nightmares for the yep. rest of the Eastern Conference. Shout out to Meek Mill. All right. Well, how would you rate that first respect or check it for me? Very, very solid. Okay. I'm going to give you a B plus. And really, 
it, it's not an A minus because of respect it. Yeah, you just, yeah, it's just the intro. That's the My only bad. thing keeping you away from the A letter grade. My bad. But very solid job, nonetheless. Hey, it's a winning performance. Clean it up. You can win with that. I unlike, understand. Unlike with Kyrie Irving. No, I'm I, I'm <laughs> Denzel and remember the Titans. We will be perfect in every way. Up next, what is not perfect is why Hollywood continues to reboot classics and they have done it again and this is just the ultimate insult to all that is good in our lives and i'm not really overstating that it's chris <laughs> carlin chris campy on espn radio espn radio chris carlin chris canty on ESPN Radio, the college basketball season is heating up, and that means the Wendy's Wooden Watch has begun. Go to ESPN.com, search Wooden Watch for the list of the Wooden Award nominees to watch as this season rolls on. Every day is game day with Wendy's Breakfast, the official breakfast of the NCAA. Choose wisely, choose Wendy's. Ah, It is once again... In just moments, that time for three and out. But first, we got to thank our guest today, Todd McShay, who is absolutely terrific today, giving us the terrific, giving us some real insight from out in Indianapolis. Brendan Haywood, NBA TV analyst, and Aaron Dolan bringing all the sports betting knowledge to us. I have jumped on. I have got a parlay tonight based on what Aaron had to say. All right, what you rolling with? I'm going with the Clippers minus a half over the Lakers in the second quarter. That's an easy one. I am going with uh, De'Aaron Fox over 25 and a half tonight for the Kings. And you're playing the Spurs, right? Uh, uh, Correct. Okay, I like that. And they are playing the Spurs. And then I am going with Memphis on the money line at even in the first half. Beautiful. Boston. That sounds like a winning ticket. Well, she's been pretty good so far. Okay. All right, so we'll see how that plays out, and I will let you know tomorrow. But right now, it is time for a little three and out. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is three and out. When you are getting wrapped up in the hand size of a quarterback and it is the number one story at the Combine, something has gone horribly wrong. But that is the case for Kenny Pickett. Here he is on the eight-and-a-half-inch hands and the concerns that they have brought. No, I mean, it is what it is. I think the the media runs with it a little more than, you know, I'd, I'd say NFL teams do. There really wasn't much talk about that and all the formal interviews and the informal interviews that I've had so far this week. Um, so it is what it is. Chris Canty, should I care about his hand size? Nah, hell no, man. Just because you have small hands doesn't mean you're going to be more turnover prone. No more than having big hands means you're going to protect the football. Carson Wentz had huge hands, and this guy led the league in turnovers two years ago. In 12 games, That matter for that matter. So, no, I don't think this is something that really matters. The guy played in Pittsburgh, so it's not like he can't navigate the elements playing in inclement weather with itty-bitty hands. Now, I mean, that's not necessarily great for your street cred, having no small hands, but that doesn't mean he can't play quarterback in the National Football League. I just, I do not worry in the least about Kenny Pickett. That guy, I think, can play. Yeah. Bradley Beal says it's, quote, fair to say he's leaning toward re-signing with the Washington Wizards. Why? That's what I want to know. Why? I mean, 246 million reasons why, but still. Yeah, but he's going to get his money anyway, Carlin. It doesn't matter. 
right? We can't execute a sign and trade. Can somebody please free Bradley Beal? Like, I, I feel like, I mean, Bradley Beal, blink twice if you're being held hostage by the Wizards. Like, at some point, we got to get him out of there, man. I want to see Brad Beal with a contending team. I really do, because I think he's immensely talented. I agree. This is a guy that can fill it up, man. This guy can drop 50 any given night. And the fact that he's wasting away in Washington, a franchise that hadn't been able to figure out how to get out of its own way, I don't know, man. It just... It's one of those things that disgusts me because oh. I realize that Bradley Beal could be the answer for a lot of teams that are looking to get over the hump. Now look, I, I love Bradley Beal. I think he's a terrific player, and I think he's being completely wasted in Washington, too. Yeah. Completely wasted. Isaiah Thomas scores 10 points in only 14 minutes in his Hornets debut. Can we get the man a contract longer than 10 days? That's what I don't understand. He was with my Lakers, and I thought he was good in those four games. I think he averaged something like nine points a game. So it wasn't like he wasn't taking advantage of the minutes that he was playing. Lord knows we could use a little more help in the backcourt. But then he had the 10-day contract with the Dallas Mavericks, and now with the Charlotte Hornets. I'm just hoping that he can stick, man. This is a great story, a guy that has worked his way back in the NBA. He's shown that he's passionate about basketball, going through the developmental leagues, and then ending up back on an NBA roster. Somebody do the right thing. I'm hoping Michael Jordan does the right thing and gives him a contract in Charlotte. It would be nice. Listen, I I think he can help somebody. I think Isaiah Thomas, when you need somebody to come in and be able to fill it up for a few minutes, Isaiah Thomas can absolutely do that. And finally, Jack Harlow to star in the new White Man Can't Jump reboot. There is not a thing that is right with that sentence. White Man Can't Jump reboot, no need. Don't try to make perfection better. And then Jack Harlow as Billy Hoyle? Come on. Now, I got to ask you this question. Because he's a rapper, can he actually hear Jimmy or does he just listen to Jimmy? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what Sidney Dean wanted to have the answer to. Like, in the first place, can you, you listen to Jimmy, but are you really hearing Jimmy? I wonder if Jack Harlow can pull that off. Like, who's going to, if they're rebooting this thing, who is going to play Gloria better than Rosie Perez? Nobody. 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 Here's the thing, though, Harlan. I got to ask this question. Who asked for this? That's who, what I want to know. Who asked for the reboot to White Man Can't Jump? I love it's the movie. It's already been done as well as it can be done. Why can't we just revel in that classic? That's like somebody trying to redo The Godfather. Why do we need to go there? Here's something. Think of a new idea. How about That's that? just me. I, sit down and, you know, get creative. Don't just flip it on in the middle of the night. No, White Man Can't Jump. Let's reboot that. Carlin and Canty, ESPN Radio.